Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. Today we are joined by Cass Della of Cass Della Design. She is a mum of two little ones, an artist and a surface pattern designer on the Sunshine Coast of Australia. She works with incredible brands from around the world, designing their beautiful products and teaching other creatives how to do the same. In this conversation, we are talking all about monetizing your creativity, scaling your business, and really we're unpacking a creative's journey to building a successful business and still maintaining some semblance of a life. You're going to love Cass's journey and her story of how she has started her business and how she's grown it to the success that it is today. All right, let's jump straight into my conversation with the wonderful creative woman that is Cass Della. Well, Cass, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I say this every time, but when you're friends with people on Instagram, you think you know them and then you realize, oh my gosh, we've actually never met before. Have mm. we met? Have we spoken on the phone one time? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe we, we're know. making that up. Um, I don't know. It feels like, it feels like we know each other, doesn't it? It's, it's so good. It's like a familiar face without being familiar. Yes. Yeah, so good. Oh, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today and, you know, talking about your business and everything that you've been doing. So tell me, like, first up, tell me about your business. What do you do and and how did you start your biz? So what I do now is I'm a watercolour artist. Um, I'm mainly a surface pattern designer, which is confusing to a lot of people, but all it is is um, I create artwork that is then printed onto any surface you can possibly imagine for brands around the world, pretty much. Um, I don't do any of the printing or manufacturing. I just design, provide them with the design for their product. So that's what I do. Um, Yeah, that is 90% of my business, I would say. Um, So getting to that point, um, I... I guess growing up, I knew I would always do something creative. I was always naturally creative and painting and drawing and all that sort of thing. It came really naturally to me. But like so many of us creatives, like we just don't know where to take that. And that's not really nurtured in us for a lot of us, I feel, Um, especially our um, generation and generations before us. It might be a little bit different now, but um, I still think that, yeah, it's it's not taught to us that we can have like not just a career, but a thriving and abundant career based on just what comes naturally to us. And so like everybody else, I guess I was like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. I have this, I can draw, I can paint, but whatever (laughs) doesn't mean anything um and so when I left school I enrolled into interior design because I thought well that's creative and it sounds like a sensible career so I will go down that path and my parents at the time they've had hospitality businesses um 
the majority of my life. So I naturally gravitated towards designing for retail spaces. And so I, I went down that path. I sort of tried to niche down that path, I guess, and ended up working for Westfield Shopping Centres for about six years. And, you know, it was very corporate, climbed the corporate ladder, very, um, wasn't, sounds creative, but um, like I was a retail design manager there. And it was just, yeah, lots of red tape, lots of meetings, lots of spreadsheets and that sort of thing. So anyway, I was miserable, hated my job. (laughs) Um, And I was like, like, is this it? Like, is this it? Like as a creative, like, you know, um, I'm, I was really ambitious and I was like, I didn't know how to like pair my, that ambition with my creativity. And anyway, I, I think you sort of get to a stage where like, you just fed up. So I was just like, what can I do that I just really, truly love? And I, I really started to take notice of what I liked and what I didn't like. And I was like, hang on a second. Like, I love um, like that, you know, wallpaper design. I love, I really gravitated towards 2D design. So yeah, like not, not so much 3D design, which is what interiors is. And yeah, so wallpapers and logos and yeah, like patterns and, you know, things that were printed onto things. And so I didn't know what surface pattern design was then, (laughs) but, um, so I went and studied graphic design and, even, and I was like, why was this not an option? Why didn't no one tell me this, like, when I was 17? Anyway, so at 29, I studied graphic design. And, yeah, I everything sort of clicked. And I was like, yeah, this is this is what I really want to do. And I, I, left, um, I left my corporate job. And at the time, I was engaged. And so I was just obsessed with the wedding industry. And I thought, well, I can... Um, I can start off in wedding stationery. And it was during my graphic design course that I started illustrating again. Like I I didn't paint throughout my entire 20s. Um, I was 29 when I picked up a paintbrush again. And I started painting and hand lettering. And my teacher was at the time was, um, yeah, just so encouraging of what I was doing. She was like, you can really do something with this. And I like as fate had it, like she had a very famous stationery business in Australia called Bespoke Letterpress. And she saw that what I could do and what came naturally to me. And she um, offered me a job after I finished. So I was designing wedding stationery for her business and I was doing wedding stationery on the side and just graphic design jobs on the side. And that's when my business started. And that was 2013. And it's just, ever since then, I've just yeah, trusted my gut and just gone with what I've liked to do because that worked for me then and what I've enjoyed doing. And that has, yeah, led me to this point. So <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of steps along the way, but um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I love your story, Cass, because I think a lot of people, and, and, and you're right, like maybe this is a, maybe this won't be the case for people who are finishing school now and thinking about, you know, whether they want to go to uni and different things like that. But I definitely felt the same as you in that I was like, well, I'm creative. I'm, I'm good at a few different things, but I can't see a clear, yeah. there's not a uni degree yeah. for what I want to do. And, and I found it really hard because I was the same. I was like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I, you know, I'm good at these different things, but I, there wasn't, you know, social media didn't, 
wasn't really very big at that point. So it was kind of like, what do I do here? And I love, I love that in your journey, and I know that that, you know, what you've just shared is purely just a snapshot, but I love that you've kind of been led by your intuition and, Mm -hmm. and what you feel, because Mm -hmm. I think for creatives, that's kind of our superpower, right? Like we're feelers, we're good at, we're good at kind of discerning, okay, this is the right direction I should go in. It doesn't maybe make sense, but this is what I want to do. So how did you, because I imagine there would have been a tension in you, right? You're engaged at the time. You're like, I'm earning good money in this corporate job at Westfield. Had a mortgage. (laughs) If you have all these things, how did you muster up the courage Mm -hmm. to, you know, do a full career change, leave this quite good job at Mm. at Westfield? How did you Mm. do that? How did you take that leap? Um, It wasn't easy at the time because the other thing was I was getting paid really, really well. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, God, the money's, like, hard to leave. Um, Yes. But I was miserable. And I was like, okay, like miserable, miserable, like coming home crying. And I was like, okay, this is this cannot be my life. Um, And so when I was studying graphic design, I made sure I kept my full-time job. I I studied part-time. So whenever I I do think that I'm a risk taker, but I, I, I'm measured. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not just going to be crazy and go all in with no backup plan. I'm going to take a risk and, you know, just think about this a little bit. So um, I, still worked full time while I was studying. And then at the end, that was when I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? Like I'm at a crossroads. I know that I love this, but how am I going to make this work? And I was so scared to go freelance. Like I was like, no, I can't, I can't do it. But I couldn't, I couldn't see myself in an agency of any sort either. Um, So I was like, okay, maybe freelance is the only option for me, but I will only go freelance if I have some sort of part-time job in the industry that I want to be in. So what actually happened, it was funny because I I wanted to work for my teacher who had the stationery company, but at the exact time that I wanted to leave my job, she didn't have a position for me. So I but when I um, I was like, okay, I'm going to leave Westfield, but I need something to go to. I found this wedding stationery company and I was like, okay, I know that I want to do wedding stationery. I'll do that freelance, but I want to also work for a wedding stationery company so that I'm in, I'm doing what I love. I don't want a part-time job in something that I hate or something that's irrelevant. I want it in what I'm doing. And so I reached out to, I did this like amazing like application and everything for this wedding stationery company. And it was really funny because um, they they offered me the job. They offered me a job, and literally the same day, my teacher emailed me and said, "Will you work for me?" And so I had two job opportunities like right there, which were both part time, um, and so that gave me the confidence to leave my full time job. And then I went, "Okay, well, I've probably got ten to fifteen hours work a week that I know I'm going to get paid for." Now it's up to you to, to do the rest. And I think for me, the whole time, and this has been a theme throughout my career as well, is that because I had the mortgage, it was extra motivation for me to, to make this work. And I feel like if you don't have something riding on it, 
sometimes it's not enough motivation to to make you know to, mm-hmm. to make ends meet and I was like well it's up to me I've, I've got to make this work so um yeah but I, I did it in a step-by-step way I didn't sort of just dive all in and I was with um I was with her for 18 months 18 months before I could leave her and yeah have enough clients to do it full-time myself so that is, I love that point about there has to be an element of like kind of, I feel like as creatives too, because we have the tendency to procrastinate and if, mm-hmm. you know, if, you know, you've got a cushy job where it's like, oh, well, I'm on good money, like you were saying, it's like it can be so hard to leave that. And I think yeah. as well, like I think about my own journey and I for for a long time didn't charge enough because I was like well I'm okay living I didn't have a mortgage I was 23 I was like I don't I I I don't have any expenses (laughs) you know I just have to pay rent and that's kind of it and I think I held myself back because I didn't I didn't need to charge enough I didn't need to be really good at sales because I was like well I'll just pay you know pay me whatever you want kind of thing so I love, I, I do agree that having sometimes an element of, okay, there are some stakes involved here. It helps you to get clearer more quickly on, okay, well, what am I going to charge for my service? How much do I, how many sales do I need to make per month? How, like it starts to, uh, I guess, make that process it kind of fast tracks the growth process because you have to you have to mm-hmm. you have to make ends meet mm-hmm. and and you know if you have kids I imagine it's the same thing it's like well oh it's ne- it, it's like next level <laughs> times a million um yeah it was definitely having kids it because we have a little bit of it like had an interesting journey when we had our first son in that we had when we had our son my husband started a startup business, yeah. um, a coffee roasting business here on the coast, and it was a startup. So all the money was going back into the business and I had to be the breadwinner and we had a newborn. And I was like, okay, how are we going to make this work? And yet when you not only throw the motivation of of money, like we've, we've got to earn money and, you know, pay our way, but then throw, okay, you've got two hours a day to work. Now what Oh, are you my do? gosh. So it's like you've not only got that, now you've got the time restraint. And yes. you, like, you don't need anything to motivate you to, to get to work and to stop the, stop the procrastination and to stop, you know, the distractions. You get yeah. to work and, yeah. Did you find too, Cass, that you – once you were in that situation where you've got less time, you've got more like financial commitments because you've got a mortgage, you've, you're starting a second business with your husband and then you've got a newborn. Did that also help you to stop? And I don't know if you ever struggled with this, but that, did that also help you to stop undercharging or taking on the wrong projects or yeah. any of those things? Cause you're like, I've got limited resources here. Yeah, absolutely. And what I did in that scenario is I just went, okay, I can't, work the same way I used to work I can't just keep getting custom client after custom client after custom client I can't take a week to get back to somebody if they need a change on their wedding stationery um so that's when I sat down and went okay 
what can I do that doesn't require as much of my time? And that was when I released a semi-custom wedding stationery suite so that they would just, I designed it all, I put it up on my website and then my clients could just choose a suite out of five or six designs and then I just had to edit their name and hand letter their hand letter their name, hand letter their date um, and whatever and it wasn't as much work for me to do. So, um, and I was still making, you know, nearly the custom prices so um yeah yeah on on that side yes like from a finance from from charging I didn't have any and I knew my work was quality like I didn't have any issues with um yeah charging what I needed to charge and yeah but but my biggest thing was thinking differently about how I make my money yeah Mm. yeah that makes so much sense and I think for so many creatives it's the thing of when you're passionate about something, it can feel like, oh, well, you know, I, I love what I do. It's a hobby. And then when it starts to become, no, 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 if you want this to be a business and if you actually want this to be sustainable, there are certain things that need to be in place. And and I think working with the right people, doing the right kinds of projects, setting up systems that can help you and support you so you're not always trading time for money. I yeah. love that when kind of the rubber hit the road, you were like backed into a corner and going, I've got two hours a day. I need to figure out a different, more creative solution to still meet my client's needs. That's incredible. Yeah. And I must admit, I do work well under pressure. And I will yeah. say that because I know a lot of people don't. Um, yeah. But in saying that, yeah, there were things like, okay, I have to get my systems in order. I have to now template things. I have to do things that, yeah, it's like that, you know, what am I doing that's reoccurring that I can only do once and set up so that I can just, yeah, let things automate a little bit better. Um, and it's just, and then it, then you feel doing that as well makes you feel like you got a proper business, right? Like it, yeah. it makes you feel like this is not just a hobby anymore as well. Like, and I think that gets you into sort of business mode. Yeah, um, I I love it. And I think your journey is so relatable for our listeners and, and for myself as well. I think it's just so relatable. So you've been in, you've been in business for, you started in 2013. What are we at? 2022. Nine years. This is your ninth year of business? Yes. <laughs> now that I like, do the calculation. Um, that's crazy. It, it is, but I started part-time. So I feel like, so I've been full-time in my business since the middle of 2014. Um, yeah. and it, But I actually registered my business, yes, at the beginning of 2013. So, yeah, officially nine years. That's, that's incredible. Crazy. And so in your journey, and I, I like asking people this because it, it helps people who are starting out. It helps people who are on this similar journey. And as as you know, so many of our listeners are creatives, entrepreneurial, who are like like you, very ambitious, but can have this thing of, oh, it needs to be perfect before I can start. Mm. What do you think, what are some of the, you know, missteps that you've taken as you've you've built your business? Are there any things that you're like, oh man, I got that wrong? Yeah. As you as you built. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, that's entrepreneurship, hey, it's like figuring yes. it all out along the way, um, which is just a journey within itself. I think you 
you want to take that journey or you don't, you know, it's, yeah, very, what do they say? Like it's the biggest personal growth journey you'll oh, ever be on being an entrepreneur and a mom, completely. both of those things. Um, but missteps, like I, I suppose going back to what we talked about before, like definitely that time when we were preparing to have kids and I know that there's so many creative mums out there who, you know, just try and figure out how to juggle it with kids. But I was definitely uh, not prepared. Like I'm not a, I'm not a planner. I'm not a big planner, um, which works for me sometimes and doesn't at other times. Um, but having kids, yeah, definitely I did not think it would be a 24-hour-a-day thing. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, surely, you know, surely I'll have time to work still. Um, so I think, yeah, just not being ready for that, not being set up for that and chasing my tail a bit with, oh, shit, I've got myself into this situation. How am I going to get out of it? And so I could have planned a lot better for that scenario. Um, but that's okay. You know, we when, when you say, time. when you say set up, do you mean like in terms of the, the business structure and yeah. systems like we were talking about or how, yeah, how do well, you mean set up? I, I guess like I could have had pre-designed suites, you know, ready before I had right. a baby. I could have had a staff member on board to help me. Um, I was literally solo, no virtual, yeah. nothing like just me doing every single thing um so yeah and I think but I think that's like everything in business we we do things before we're ready or we make decisions before we're ready and then we figure it out as we go and so therefore yeah if we hadn't have made those um missteps along the way then how would we have learnt to to Mm put the right things in place, you know? So I guess that's how I look at, look at all of those things that happen. Yeah. And I can see, I can see that a lot of people I speak with who are actually like, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of women who I speak with actually, who are like, okay, I'm going to launch my business in 12 months time and I'm going to have this sort of, this sort of, and I'm like, nah, you just got to launch it, sister, launch it, figure it out. And leave room for error because there will be. And I think that's the beautiful thing about and totally what you said, like you can't learn it except by doing. And I probably, <laughs> I mean, having a kid is like you can't, it's the same, it's I imagine. Well, it's, absolutely. <laughs> same thing. It's like. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So, you can't, you can't plan your way to like the perfect outcome, you know, like, and there is no perfect outcome, right? Like it's just a learning every single time. There's no right and wrong, really. It's just everything's a learning. And, yeah, I'm a big, big advocate for, you know, done is better than perfect. And that has been my motto this entire journey is just get it done, get it done, get it done and out, get it done and out, get it done and out. And there's probably been so many mistakes along the way and so many shit designs that have gone out there um, <laughs> in the early days. But 
whatever it's led me to here and I've enjoyed the process um and I enjoy what I do and I know that I'm good at what I do and yeah yeah so and it can feel like an impossible standard like you're supposed to know everything about business before you've mm. ever done anything to do with business it's like I I feel like for me as well starting my business at 23 that was kind of a blessing and a curse because I I was like blissfully ignorant I was like I've got no idea who like I don't know if this is right I'm just making it up how could I possibly know <laughs> I'm 23 I don't know I'm 23 I know nothing like I, <laughs> I love so that. I think sometimes it's the more we know oh 100%. that we become like paralyzed by oh my goodness I have a, like I've got I understand how much is going on here and how much could go wrong and all these things and sometimes I think you know, research is really great. Planning is really great. But anything I've learned and go with the flow is really yeah, great. Yeah, totally. And anything I've learned is that, hey, you can have a really great plan, but execution is is king. It's like if, if you can't execute, yeah, like it's nothing. A plan is nothing kind of thing. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like- and I think when you realize or when you understand that no one really knows what they're doing, like everybody's figuring this out, whether they're <laughs> in an industry, like they could be in exactly the same industry as you, they could be five years ahead of you, but they're still figuring it out as they go. Yeah. And they have been where you are right now. And they have got to where they are because they did it and they you know, they took the imperfect action. Um, And then I suppose the other thing to that too is stop looking at the competition so much. Like I, when I was in wedding stationery, I don't do any, I haven't done any wedding stationery since about 2017, but I hated following other wedding stationery companies. It would make me Mm. feel like crap all the time. I'd be like, oh, theirs is better than mine or theirs looks better quality or whatever. And I think you need to look for inspiration in industries that aren't your own because then you can take true inspiration rather than that comparisonitis and just be paralyzed by that. Yeah. And, and for you, this actually brings me to my other question, because for you, Instagram has been a huge driver of your growth, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. because what you do is so visual how do you, like, A, how do you manage that, the time you spend on Instagram, being a mum, being busy, being creative and not wanting to get stuck in comparisonitis? Yeah. How do you separate from Instagram but still mm, kind of stay, stay in, in it? With it. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's been really interesting. Like I have a, I feel like, like everybody has a love-hate relationship with Instagram. Yes. Um, it started so different, right? Like it started, I got I got on Instagram when my business started for my business. Um, I've never really had a personal account on there or anything. Um, and it started so organically. Like it, you know, when you post it, it went to the top. <laughs> like remember those <laughs> old days? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and I would just post what I was doing and what I was painting and I was enjoying what I was painting so I posted it like it was so like you were saying in your early days it was so naive it was Mm. so without an agenda it was so 
sharing it because I wanted to and because I loved to and yeah that was full stop you know yes um and that's I feel like what gave me that traction in the beginning is I just shared because I enjoyed sharing my work and um over the years it's obviously changed with all the algorithms and stuff um but I've tried to keep that same philosophy of I I'm a big believer in that you only share what you want to attract and this is for creatives obviously who are wanting to share whatever work it is whether it's photography or writing or um, art or graphic design or website design or anything don't share all your work because Mm. you only want to share your work that you would be happy to do that work again and that's been my philosophy through my website design, through my Instagram, everything. Like what you see on Instagram is probably 10%, maybe less of the work that I actually do uh, because the work that everybody sees is the work that I want more of. Because I've done it that way, I've only ever, I only attract my dream clients now. I don't ever attract anyone who's like, got a butcher down the road and wants a logo or something you know like I don't (laughs) because I don't like they're like oh yeah that's not her style you know and and by sharing the work that I have loved to create has actually established my style when in the beginning I didn't know I had a style I was like oh I don't know you know just just designing I'm like I don't know what my style is and then I'm like okay if I just share what I loved creating then my style will like reveal itself and it did. Yeah. And um, yeah, so with Instagram, like I've just honestly tried to just keep it as genuine as possible and I I don't share that often, um, especially with kids. Like I just share, like sometimes I get to that point where I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't shared in a week or so. Like <laughs> I better put something up. Um, I get to those points as well. Um, but gen. Like generally it's sort of when um, one of my clients has shared, you know, their photography of something that I've, I've painted or it's a painting that I'm working on that I really love um, and I want to share it. It's usually, yeah, that really in the moment. Um, I, don't, I do use Planoly to plan out the visual of my feed, but I don't use it to plan out any sort of timing or um, usually the captions are, you know, on the go as well. So, and for someone who's starting out who is building their portfolio, I love that point that you made about, well, share the work that you actually love doing and that you want to attract more of. Mm -hmm. What would be your big tip to someone who is like, well, I don't, I'm not attracting the kind of work I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Do you, how do you build your portfolio? Do you Mm -hmm. then just create the work for not, paying clients or how does that kind of work yeah absolutely I do suggest that um because when I was a wedding stationery designer like if you scrolled right to the bottom of my feed it would be all wedding stationery like and illustrations obviously and then I I started to get some interest in my watercolors for swimwear and for stationery and so I was like hang on a second I really want to do this and so I had to make the pivot into surface pattern design but my whole feed was wedding stationery so I was like so it it did feel like I was starting again in a way like 
I was still sharing my illustrations, but I was like, but I have to share them in a different way now. And, you know, and I say to my students now, like, it doesn't matter if you're not actually getting the jobs, like do a design and mock it up on something and share Mm. that, share your design on a notepad or share your design on a phone case and show people what your design would look like on a surface and doesn't have to be in real life yet. So, and, and also passion projects. So working on something that, yeah, you really do love and brings you so much joy and sharing, sharing that, like sharing that artwork or sharing that photography or sharing that piece so that people can see your potential and the work that you really love to do and just share more of that. Because if you, if you're just sharing jobs that you've done in the past, that's what mm. you, that's what you'll attract, you attract more mm. of that. 100%. Yeah. I think that's such a good, such a good strategy that if you are a creative or you're, you're you know, a photographer, designer, whatever, it is about speaking to the types. And even if you're in a professional service, you know, speaking to the types of people that you really want to be attracting and it can be as simple as even if you don't necessarily – so say you're in uh, – take me for example. When I started out, I only really worked with hospitality because that was my – that's the industry I knew. Uh, but if I wanted to work with people in finance or if I wanted to work with people in fitness, it could be as simple as writing a caption saying, well, whether you are in this industry or this industry or this industry, I can help you. Um, and – Things like that, just actually signaling to people, oh, she doesn't just work with cafes and restaurants and wineries. Like she works with people in fitness and, you know, so it helps people to, if if we actually say, hey, I can help you in this way and these are the types of projects I can do. Honestly, sharing something like that regularly, actually we have to tell people who we help, how we can help them. Or we have to signal, this is the type of work I love doing and this is, if you like this vibe, you can work with me on this. Yeah. We actually sometimes need to say it yeah, as well. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. People, um, as you know, like we're skimmers, like we just scroll yes. and skim so quickly and it needs to be really, really clear what we do. Absolutely. And I, like we do logos and stuff like that still, um, but I never, ever, ever show it. <laughs> you, yes. won't find, you won't find a logo on my feed. And that's because that's not the work we're trying to attract um, yeah, you just have to be really clear about yeah who yeah. who you're helping and and try and speak to that to them. Yeah, because mm. I noticed a shift when I wasn't talking to couples anymore. Right, like I wasn't talking to couples wanting wedding stationery. I was now like, okay, I need to talk to brands. How do I talk to brands? And so like, oh, like you know, if you have a product that needs a unique pattern, then this is what I do. And yeah, you have even if you've done one job, that's okay. <laughs> you you've got some experience and you know you can you can talk to that experience and you can talk to the process and I think sharing not enough creatives share their process you know um you might see a beautiful picture but you don't see them painting it it's like you know like it's you I just see that so so much is yeah not enough people sharing that behind the scenes and one thing I love about your journey Cass is that you have you've totally been okay to go, oh, I started in this wedding stationery. Now I'm going over here to surface pattern design. I'm going to branding, whatever. You've just been, you've you've gone with, this is what I'm passionate about. And you haven't become so fixed in like, no, I only do this particular thing. 
How have you scaled that? Because for you, it's you painting, it's you illustrating, you know, it's you actually designing the patterns. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How does that look behind the scenes? What does that actually look like? Because you run a very successful business. How have you scaled you? Yeah. If that makes sense. I know it's really hard when you're the illustrator and trust me, like I've been like, do I get another illustrator on board? Do I teach someone how I paint? Like, honestly, that's gone through my head, but I can't. Um, yes. So, and also the brand's my name and, you know, I, I want that to be my thing. And I think it's, um, I have spent a lot of time, yeah, I guess trying to think about every time I pivot, how to scale that. But at the same time, I must admit that that's never been my motivation um, mm. because my motivation in life is to love what I do every single day and that is it. And if I can scale it, amazing. If I can't, whatever, I still love what I do. And But obviously I'm very ambitious as well, like I said. So with surface pattern design, what I did is, so with the wedding stationery, I obviously made pre-designed suites, which, which helped my income. And with surface pattern design, I took notice of what my clients were asking me for and how and how this all played out, right? So it's really interesting because I feel like people are like, how do I scale this or how do I generate a passive income or how do I generate recurring income from my business that I haven't started yet or from my business that's just starting, you know? Yeah. And and I think that was, yeah, never my intention is to, to have this particular idea that I'm going to explain, but... I'm, it happened so naturally and organically because what happens is like I do client work after client work after client work. It's all custom, 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 custom. And I'm like, okay, I can't keep up, right? I have so many inquiries. And the thing is with brands is that they want it quickly because you think about a product that's going to go to market and they've got whether it's a dress or whether it's stationery or whatever it is, they work on seasons and they work on, you know, product releases and they work on Christmas and Mother's Day and Easter and all that sort of thing. So they've got deadlines to work to. So they want things quickly. So generally when they're wanting a custom design, like I don't have long to turn that around. And then people started asking me, what do you have already? And I was like, oh, well, I presented five concepts like last month and only one of those got chosen. So I have these four concepts, like they're ready to go, you know. And then I realized after a few months that people didn't necessarily want me to customize everything. They were just happy to have a design from me, you know, and, and see what I yeah. had. And so I was like, okay, well, all right, well, I'll just start, I'll just put a little PDF together and I will show like the 12 designs that I've got saved in my computer and I'll just show them that. And then if they pick one, great. If I have to do a custom, okay. And I was like, okay, and, and it was working. They're like, oh, yep, we like, can we buy that one and that one? I'm like, sure. So I was like, okay, Amazing. there's something in this. And so I decided to build a library of patterns or prints on my website. And I decided that in 2017, and that's when I had started pivoting into surface pattern design. And I set myself a deadline of September 2017, I would have 100 patents on my website in a library within a private library that brands could subscribe to. And so I set that up and it was a really slow start, but I knew that it was a way where not only could I show my work as like a portfolio, 
but it allowed brands to buy from me straight away. They didn't have to wait for me. And so, but obviously they also had to choose from what was there. They couldn't like, it was customizable to an extent. And so they, um, so I set that up and yeah, it was a slow start, like I said, but yeah, it grew and grew. And now there's like over, I've probably sold over 300 patterns from that library. And yeah, like last month I had 20 patterns sold from that library. And wow, now I get to have that as my revenue stream as well as custom. And so now I can charge it more of a premium from my, for my custom. And yeah, now I, now I have my surface pattern design course as well. So that's how I scaled surface pattern design. <laughs> I love that. And, and what I love is that you, and I love what you said earlier, Cass, about so many people come in and want passive revenue straight away, but you cannot create that without really knowing your audience. And I really do believe that too. I think we can't, we're, we're wanting to launch a group coaching program. And for ages, I've been like, you know, we're at capacity with our one-on-one, we're turning people away, we can't work with that many people one-on-one. But I haven't wanted to launch a group coaching thing because I've I've been like, I just, I want to get this, uh, when we do it, I want it to be awesome. And I really want to make sure that it it's it's really well informed with what our one-on-one clients have wanted. So for us, we've been using the years of our one-on-one to now put together this group coaching program. But I couldn't do that from day one. It It's taken years of knowing my client, knowing our people and really listening to what their questions are. The, there are the same questions that come up over and over again. So that's what we, and that's exactly what you've done. Like that library is like, a solution to a problem that you could only discover through years of working. I wouldn't have probably even thought that people wanted that when I started out in surface pattern design. And it's the same way my course came about because I started just doing one-on-one mentoring. I would just take one person a month and uh, no joke, the three, within three months, like all of the three girls that I mentored all had the same questions around surface yes. pattern design. And I was like, okay, maybe I should do a course. <laughs> and that's and, and I wouldn't have probably had the confidence to do a course unless I mentored them and was I saw their questions, I was able to answer them. And then I was like, oh, hang on a second, I can put this together and I, I can really help people with this. And, yeah, I wouldn't have known that otherwise. So you really just have to start the journey and, and start by – doing what you love like I think that's where it starts because it will just evolve from there if we're going into it going how can I make money out of this straight away mm. I just think that's going about it the wrong way around um I think yeah I think you have to yeah. start with that passion how can I do what I love and then you work up to okay now I I have a degree of demand now how can I scale this given the fact that I know the problems of my customer really well. Because hmm. I think sometimes we think we know and, and we realise after. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's so true because we, um, before the Surface Pattern Design course, we thought about a membership for our brands that are subscribed to the library. We're like, we'll start a membership. We'll give them like, you know, trend reports, what's happening in the market and all that sort of thing. And we thought it was a great idea. And then 
we put together like a little thing for it, like a one pager, sent it to all of our brands, which we have a lot on our mailing list at the moment, and not one person wanted it. And I was like, okay, there's that, that answer. Interesting? And we just went delete. We like literally deleted the page and moved on because we were like, okay, well, like we obviously like um, when I say we, I my designer that um, works for me couple of days a week and we were just chatting about it and like we'd obviously worked it up to be this amazing idea like <laughs> chatting about it like oh my god this is so good and they're like oh, yeah hey, no one wants it cool all right uh, I've done that too before I've I've definitely thought this is a genius idea and no one wants it so and that's fine it's like okay <laughs> yes, cool same, yes, same <laughs> genius, I'm it yes oh well Cass honestly you have such an inspiring story thank you so much for sharing so openly and honestly about all your whole journey it's such an inspiration so what are you working on next I know you've got some fun things in the pipeline can you share a little Mm -hmm. bit about what's in the works for you yeah it's um such an exciting year this year we have just kicked off our second ever round of the surface pattern design course uh, so it goes for nine weeks. So we are doing that at the moment and that will launch again at the end of the year or just after mid-year. And we have some really fun and exciting client work happening at the moment. So, yeah, I'll be sharing that on my Instagram as that sort of comes to fruition. And, yeah, we are just in really, really early days of a a podcast with um, with a friend as well, a Yay. creative podcast. Yeah, so that's a really, really exciting. It's going to be called A Creative Life, which is, you heard it here first. I don't think we've said that to anybody. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is a little project that we are working on this year as well. And, yeah, they're the big things. <laughs> Probably lots more going on that my brain can't handle right now. <laughs> yes. Well, we're going to link to all of those to your surface pattern design course so that people can kind of check that out if they want to jump in later in the year. And we'll also link to your Instagram. And when you launch your podcast, I will be sure to share it on my Instagram as well. But quickly, what's your Instagram handle so people can follow you and connect with you more? It's just at Design. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You are a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and yeah, your story is really, really inspiring. And I'm really excited for this year for you. Thank you. It was so lovely to chat. Yay. Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. Make sure you check out our show notes for any of those links to Cass's course. uh, And we'll make sure that we'll let you know when she launches her podcast, because I know that's going to be a really, really great one for you to subscribe to. As always, if you loved this episode, if you are inspired by Cass's story, please share it with a business buddy. I know that there are so many creatives in this community, so please share it. I know this is going to be really inspiring for so many people. So share it. Be sure to follow Cass on Instagram and be sure to send me a little message if you've loved this. And if you could, leave us a little review, subscribe, do all the things. Uh, I'm a creative and I need to know that you like what we're doing. Okay. (laughs) As always, we will see you back here. Same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, my wonderful friend, go get them.